Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Uh, Dane Brugler's recently updated his top 50 draft prospects. A list might be interesting to pick up some things. Uh, and look at who is losing whom, who has what. And we'll let this sit here for a while. Top 50 prospects. Here are the top 10. Quarterbacks, May, Caleb Williams, two of them among the top ten. There's Marvin Harrison. There's Bowers, who's hurt. Among some, a lot of offensive linemen, three tackles. There's a couple of edge rushers. And now let's go. What does this mean when it comes to moving forward, for example, with Drake May? Um, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything moving forward. I just thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, this is kind of where guys are positioned. I mean, it means something in terms of where they're sort of being positioned, but I just thought it was, you know, mostly just interesting because we haven't talked any draft and mm-hmm. we are past the halfway point. I mean, we're in the final month of the college football season and all of these guys who we've been projecting to be Caleb Williams, number one overall with a bullet, maybe not so fast. Maybe Drake May's the number one quarterback, at least to Dane Brugler he is, and I think he's about as – close to the top or at the top as, as any other personality really is right now. So I just find it interesting that that's becoming, you know, uh, more of a conversation that we're about to have, ha- we're about to start having pretty heavily is, is Drake May versus Caleb Williams. And he mentions that it's a razor thin margin. Um, but I, I don't know. I just find that kind of fascinating right off. That's the first thing that jumped out to me because while we've known for a long time that Drake May has been kind of destined for, you know, being a top highly rated guy, it sure felt like about a year ago, like Caleb Williams is like, whoever's got the number one pick is getting Caleb Williams. Um, and, you know, maybe not. Maybe whoever that team is will decide to go a different direction. Now, Caleb Williams can still very well be the number one guy when all is said and done. Um, but I think, too, just on kind of seeing how the NFL draft order is lining up right now. You know, is it the Arizona Cardinals? Like, who's going to be having the picks and, and which direction are they going to go? So, yeah, I mean, just the immediate thing that jumps off to me is there's only a couple quarterbacks in his top ten. Um, there's other guys, you know, throughout the rest of the list, but it's Drake May, Caleb Williams, as far as that that one A one B goes. And the Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray's coming back and going to start this week. Uh, I saw that off of the the torn ACL. So if the Cardinals do have the top pick, then it becomes very interesting what happens with the um, with. Kyler Murray because they just signed him to a massive extension which means that they're either auditioning him like they pretty much have the rest of their roster for anybody who wants to trade for them 
or they're going to shock the world and not take a quarterback and take Marvin Harrison Jr. or Brock Bowers or somebody and pair him with Kyler Murray and move forward. Now, that's all up to Jonathan Gannon and the powers that be in Arizona, who um, Jonathan Gannon's very early in this job, but the powers that be above him have not proven to really make great decisions in the past. Uh, You know, they've had their, you know, bright, shining moments, but really consistency with the Cardinals has been uh, terrible uh, under the Bidwell ownership group. So I'm curious to see where that goes here. And there would be a market for Kyler Murray, but maybe not the one that they would want. Yeah, and I think that there's just a lot of elements that you can unpack here, such as the Kyler Murray story to all of this. And, man, how quickly has his star fallen um, mm-hmm. from just a few years ago? And uh, just especially the last you – know, the whole video game debacle, and it's kind of like been all downhill from then, hasn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. As far as the Cardinals trying to slap a rule on him to not play as much video games, actually study, and then he gets his way in the end. And, you know, now he's probably going to be out of there pretty soon, but – uh, what's also interesting about this is, for one, I want to make it very clear that these are just his top 50 prospects. This is not his mock draft. No. This is not like, I think Drake Mays. Yeah. yeah, this is just who he thinks the top 50 prospects are, and that's it, period. Um, but what's also interesting is that uh, the Arizona Cardinals would, right at this very moment, have the number one overall pick. So it mm-hmm. seems like just a logical conclusion. They would pick Caleb Williams or Drake May with that number one overall pick. But it's setting up to where the Chicago Bears are going to have number two and number three. Yeah. The way it is right now. So you talk about loading up. They're going to have the number two and number three. They could always trade that and whatever. But what do they do with Justin Fields? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, do they do they go to quarterback? Is it too – like, I don't know. I, I don't know enough of the vibe in Chicago. Um, but they're going to be right there at the very top potentially with a couple picks. And so that's going to make that uh, that selection process very interesting as well. And, and obviously what they intend to do – you know, as far as QB goes. All right, so there are the top ten. We see the quarterbacks, May and Caleb, one and three. Now, the re- the remaining top – go ahead. I want to say, too, that, um, you know, you look at the, the conference-wise, and we can go on. I don't have exact numbers because I didn't know exactly how we were going to do this, but a um, lot of Big Ten. Uh, there's some Pac-12 in there, but those Pac-12 schools are going to be in the Big Ten soon. Uh, ACC now, Florida State started to bump up a little bit, starting to get a bit more in there, obviously with May too, but also Keon Coleman um, and, you know, Notre Dame loosely, I guess, even though still independent, but kind of ACC-ish. But, yeah, a lot of Alabama – or a lot of uh, SEC and Big Ten, as you'd always expect, but a good number of ACC and Pac-12 in that top ten right now as well. Okay, the first Big 12 player listed at least for right now among the top 50 prospects is on the next page. Tyler Guyton. Redshirt junior offensive tackle at Oklahoma. Shadour Sanders is on that list. Again, Dion has made it clear. Why would we want to do that? But at some point, that's going to happen. He's ranked very high. Patrick Paul, offensive lineman at Houston. A.D. Mitchell, wide receiver. Texas, of course, the SEC if he doesn't come back. Or if he does come back. And then you have Quinn Ewers at the bottom. Go ahead. What do you Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if you want to read this a certain type of a way, you can – Say, oh, well, Oklahoma, Texas will be SEC pick. No, that's, they'll, they'll be Big 12 guys here. But then, you know, same thing. You could say Shador's a Big 12. You know, I mean, no, so Pac-12 it's right Big now. 12 guys uh, as far as the Oklahoma and Texas guys go. But, yeah, as far as those who are going to be in the league moving forward, it's Patrick Paul is basically the guy. And I think there might be one other player uh, as far as the holdover schools uh, later on in the list. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not it's, – it's bare, it's bare picking. So you have Drake May – Caleb Williams, J.J. McCarthy, Shador Sanders, 
Jaden Daniels, LSU, and Quinn Ewers, as of now, among the top five quarterbacks or five or six quarterbacks that he has listed, well, where I don't think Senator Sanders is coming out. Um, I I think he, if he goes up higher than 20, I mean, 24 is a first-round pick, but if he goes up to where it could be considered higher, then maybe he will uh, do that. I agree with you. I don't think he's coming out either. They they'll they can NIL him to death. Um and and get that done but uh Quinn Ewers is the most interesting quarterback prospect to me in the decision he has to make in that he's 45th he's not I would not want my team to draft Quinn Ewers today with the lack of starting experience he he generally has I would want to see some more because I like what I've seen but I don't love it yet He's good. He's not been great. So if you're drafting Quinn Ewers at 45, which means he's somewhere in the second round, that's fine. But I think that you you better have a, a veteran in front of him and wait for him to grow a little bit. And if Quinn Ewers doesn't think 45 is high enough, and even by Dane Brugler's own assessment of him, uh, is saying, like, look, he's got – He's got all the tools. It's just he's injured. He hasn't done it yet. Texas is still one without him these last couple of weeks. So there's maybe some he's throwing to all these like unbelievable weapons that that are out there. So let's see what happens with Quinn Ewers. If he comes back, that sets up an unbelievable situation in the spring for Texas and for Malik Murphy in particular, who's going to have a decision to make because he's got some starting experience now, and do you wait around another year and then have a battle with Arch Manning? Well, they have a pretty nifty uh, interface over on the list on the website, and you can very easily sort by position. And uh, Quinn Ewers is right now of the seven quarterbacks listed in the top 50. Uh, He's number six. Uh, So you've got Drake May at one, Caleb Williams at three, J.J. McCarthy at 16, You've got Shador at 24, Jaden Daniels at 43, Ewers at 45, and then Carson Beck is the other uh, quarterback that is mentioned there at number 50. But what's also interesting from a Texas perspective is there's three Texas players that are listed. and um, Or I guess maybe one of them's on the just uh, just didn't make the cut list. He had another that was like, here's the 15 guys that I also had to leave off. And Jonathan Brooks, I think, was one of those guys. Yeah. So you're looking at A.D. Mitchell, Quinn Ewers, Jonathan Brooks, all as top 50 prospects or borderline, like top 60 prospects in Brooks's case for Dane Brugler. And all three of those guys could come back. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, and they're not going to be the only ones at Texas that, that have decisions to make. But, yeah, that is going to be a very interesting development and you would have thought that just based on kind of the scuttlebutt around Ewers of like, oh, he'll play for a year or two at Texas, then he'll bounce, he'll you know he'll be in the NFL, and not only would he be in the NFL, but like how many he's going to be a number one overall pick if you you know search certain tweets out there, right? I mean, just the, the thought was that he's this golden boy and he was going to you know rip through Texas and then you know be a top pick, but yeah, if he comes out this year, there's a little bit of debate about that. Now, obviously, that could change through the process and, and the way he finishes this year coming back from injury, uh, he could boost his stock some more, but. Yeah, a little bit more crowded field than maybe you'd anticipate, and maybe that does lead him, uh, depending on how Texas finishes, to decide to come back. But yeah, they're—I mean—they're going to be good regardless of of what talent uh, leaves. But there are some some big name guys that do have big decisions to make in Austin. I mentioned Polk at thirty nine. I left him on the list. He played at Lufkin High School, and then of course Landon Jackson up in Texarkana at Pleasant Grove. Somebody asked, "Where's Penix and where's Bo Nix?" 
Yeah, not in the top 50 prospects. Yeah, not in the top 50. We're talking the NFL now. That doesn't mean they won't move up, especially a quarterback. People could fall in love with yours, and the next thing you know, you have four or five quarterbacks go in the first round. That's always the possibility. Uh, But there you are with those particular names. I picked the top 10 because we did, and then also a few notables. There are many others on that list we didn't mention, but those are some of them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot you can – look at with that you can look at just how lopsided it is in favor of the sec and the big 10 and then to a a slightly lesser extent the acc but the pac 12's got a really healthy year and uh the big 12 just i mean you can try to look at it a few different ways Uh, well just look at it for the the guys that might be there next year or look at it uh you know include the oklahoma texas which you do i mean they're big 12 players and if they leave this year they let they left as big 12 players but um kind of slim pickings uh besides patrick paul there as the offensive tackle at houston um, you know, obviously could have a, a great number when all said and done if all those Texas underclassmen decide to start, start coming out. Oklahoma's going to have a healthy number when said and done. Um, but there was one other guy, and now I'm trying to think. I think there was a player from Kansas that was in that top 50 as well um, whose name's now escaping me. Uh, but that was the only other player that I had seen uh, as far as a, a Big 12 school that's, uh, that's in the mix right now. So, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, Cooper Beebe, 42, Kansas, Kansas State. State. Um, that was who I was thinking of, but, uh, yeah, besides that, that is one thing about all this rearranging is, is like when you do take out Oklahoma and Texas, I know you're adding Utah and Colorado, so you'll get like a Shador Sanders or you'll get a, you know, I think Arizona had somebody now that I think of it as well. Um, which, you know, those teams, uh, Jordan Morgan, their offensive tackle is also on this list. So there, there'll be those teams that bring their guys too, but, uh, there's been quite a disparity, right, that we've noticed over recent years, and it seems like it's only growing, and so that's kind of, I guess, across the board in every category sort of how it's going. But the Big 12 and the, the development to the NFL is going to be, I think, a big either sticking point or a big obstacle they're going to have to you know, try to maneuver around as best they can. Well, And it has been due in large part of the fact that Texas, uh, until recently, uh, has not been putting a lot of dudes in the NFL. Um, that You know, they – uh, went through a draft a couple of years ago where the first guy didn't get picked until the sixth round, you know? So, uh, and that was not the case when they were humming along, you know, you would, you'd have a nice smattering. They would get several. I mean, nobody's ever had drafts like Georgia and Alabama have the last few years. And then they even like some of those Miami teams, you know, some of those guys had to wait until the third round perish the thought uh, of them doing that. But what Georgia has done lately is, is different, but not having Texas, I have those NFL players that, you know, certainly hurt the the Big 12 numbers a lot because they were a team that even in in average years for them would have several guys that were NFL players and would move on, but they they were not developing guys at all. It was a weird drought and also may have uh, connected to what they were doing at times, struggling on the field. 17 new names added to his top 50. So the next time this comes out, there could be another change. Uh, Also, four positions, wide receiver, Edge rusher, cornerback, and offensive tackle made up 70% of his 50, including 10 wide receivers, which has been a position that at times can be a little bit quirky. But there you are with Dane Brugler's top 50. Yeah, I just think there's, like I said, a lot of interesting ways to look at it. You can do conference comparisons. You can just do positions and, you know, the fact that there's like double-digit wide receivers in the top 50 just showing how important that position's become. Uh, or you can look at it, you know, any other number of ways, and it's going to shift and change as we go along in the process. But, I mean, we are close to the end of the season now, and we've seen these guys play three-quarters of their seniors or junior years or redshirt sophomore years. 
uh, their last years of eligibility. And so it is it's time to kind of glance back at that. And um, it will shift again, but of interest as well as other positions, no center, which is not surprising, mm-hmm. but the only other position that's not in that top 50 list other than center is running back. Jeez. The only one that's not in that list. Everything else, you know, edge rushers are super popular, receivers, like we said, quarterbacks, obviously, offensive tackles, of course. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the running back position, uh, you had Jonathan Brooks that I mentioned that was like in his bonus 15 or whatever, and there might have been another running back. Uh, I don't remember, but I just I do recall, though, seeing not one in the single top 50, which is kind of just tell you tell you where that position's at at, the very, at this very moment. Tom Pelissero, by the way, and others who covered the NFL, the big change in the NFL draft process. Leagues have informed clubs today that underclassmen are now eligible for college all-star games. Yeah, I saw Des Bryant actually tweet about this. He said he had asked for it when he came out, uh, especially since he was suspended and kicked off the team uh, for having dinner with Deion Sanders uh, when that, that happened, uh, strangely enough. But, uh, but yeah, Des asked for it, and he said it would have really – he thought it would have really helped him, uh, especially early on in the NFL. You know, what was the big thing about Des? Like, this old, this old experience has helped was he was very immature, you know, he was, um, you know, 21 years old, but he, you know, he, he had never really been challenged in that way to, to, to grow up and be a guy who was 21. He still kind of acted like a guy who was 16 and those things would have helped. Um, and then now I think, you know, Des, Des has grown up a lot, uh, over, over his life, but yeah, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be interesting to, uh, for those games will be, uh, the rosters be a heck of a lot deeper for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's like a freaking lottery hit for the Senior Bowl and those groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, to now you don't have to limit yourself. You just get whoever you want to. I mean, you get yeah. Caleb Williams in that game now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that that was brilliant politicking to get that done because now it, it, it makes that situation 100% better than it was when you were more defined to, um, to the seniors. So, yeah, that's – that's an interesting change, and you know, I wonder how many guys take advantage of that. I wonder, though, how many seniors it pushes the spotlight away from that otherwise would get it, but I guess you always find talent no matter where it is, um, and, and that will make for more interesting all-star games because you're definitely going to tune in more to see Drake May versus uh, you know maybe some of the other guys that would have to occupy those roster spots because the best quarterbacks aren't seniors. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be cool to see and, and how many guys take them up on that. All right, so let me see. Go back to the chat room. This is from uh, UT Parking. Worthy, Xavier Worthy, uh, Dunaze from uh, Washington, the receiver, and Ekbuka, uh, Amika Ekbuka from Ohio State will all get drafted most likely in the top 50 at some point. I did not see Worthy in the top 50, or I would have listed him. I'm not sure about the others. I thought like Washington. in there. I thought he was in uh, there. I think he uh, is He's the number top. 11 uh, overall. I, I, didn't, uh, I just did Abuka's the notables 20th. based yeah. on Big 12 or just a few programs, also with LSU because of Garrett yeah. and a few others. Well, like I said, it, it, there's a lot of interesting ways to look at it, and that's why I, I brought it up because you can, you can go by positions and just have a whole conversation about that. But, I mean, just take a look at the receivers real quick since you mentioned those. You have Harrison Jr., obviously, number two. And, again, this isn't a mock draft. This is just his top 50 prospects. Keon Coleman at 8. Um, Adunze at number 11, so he's on there. Malik Neighbors, LSU. Garrett at number 13. Uh, so that means he's leaving early. Uh, Abuka, another junior. And, shoot, I think all these guys are – yeah, every single one of the guys I'm mentioning are juniors. Emeka Abuka, junior, number 20. Brian Thomas, junior, a junior. Number 25, Troy Franklin, junior. From Oregon, 31. Jalen Polk, redshirt sophomore, 39. Adonai Mitchell, junior, 
42, Lad McConkey Jr., number 48. So, damn, that's all juniors except for A.D. Mitchell. Or, no, excuse uh, for except for J- Jalen Polk, who's a redshirt sophomore. Um, not a single senior receiver on that list, but – yeah. Also, team, I'd like to note that he does not have a running back in his top 50. No, that's what he said. That's what we I said. said. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have a center or a running back. Yeah. 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 But, and, and UT Park is talking about, I don't see a, a Buka and also a Dunaze. Well, not an no, but No, we, we put up the top 10 and then just some of the notables from yeah. 11 to 50 because uh, we don't have room. I'll, we don't put the link. put them all up. If you have an athletic subscription, you can... You can see them all. I just put it in the chat. Yeah, retired stockbroker, you're right. It's still three years outside of high school. Your high school eligibility yeah. when you are available or eligible to be drafted. Yeah, it's just the difference now is that you can play in all-star games. Yeah, That's the, the big difference. That seemed to be – like I, want, I, I wondered about that a few years ago. It's like why do you still kind of cling into that? Because it's not like the you know, once you declare, you can go back like the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like in the NFL, if you say, I'm going to the NFL, you're going. And especially for guys that – you know, there's a lot of those that you're like, oh, I don't know if you should have done that. That all-star game really going to help you. Yeah, and you could. There was a, the caveat that if you graduated as a junior, you could play. But, you know, how many guys are graduated after their junior years? I'm sure it's, you know, hit or miss as far as that goes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there was that caveat previously. But now it's just like, yeah, if you get invited or you can be invited if you're just a pure junior or a redshirt. Oh, I guess would, would redshirt sophomore apply? I don't yeah. know. You I guess yeah, it was no, this three yeah, years. Three oh, years yeah, outside. Three, that's yeah, what Drake May yeah. is. So, yeah, yeah. Jalen Polk, uh, or no, uh, who was I mentioned that was a – yeah, it was Jalen Polk. He could, in theory, yeah, play, I guess, in the senior bowl now. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting changeup from what, what it has been. And, and good for those uh, non-seniors that want to have that opportunity and, you know, don't want to wait and be seniors to have to play in the senior bowl. So, and, yeah. And, by the way, juniors being eligible for bowl games or all-star games, excuse me, uh, that doesn't mean they all will play in them because – of how things have changed even with the bowl games with guys shutting it down but at least they have that opportunity this has been a rogue media network production